0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 18th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. In the weird showdown between the U.S. and North Korea, China's leadership has shown remarkable restraint, detailing for both countries what China views as its role in the dispute. Chris Preble, Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, discusses the key difference between preemption and prevention. In this increasing... Uh, heated rhetoric between the United States and North Korea, China has in some ways shown us how to do it by saying to North Korea essentially uh, – I know you're my little brother and everything but if you take unwise action, you're essentially on your own which is something the United States seems unable to do in a – a whole variety of circumstances
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh, the Chinese um, issued a warning to Pyongyang last week if you um, basically saying you 're on your own if you go after the United States, so they were helpfully I think sort of drawing red lines for their their client state their their ally um, explaining that their alliance was not unconditional, which is useful. Uh, by the same token, it was a reminder that our president has not been quite as sort of explicit about what uh, he means in terms of reigning fire and fury. Is this a threat to initiate fire and fury? Is it merely a pledge to use all means to retaliate in the event of an attack which is supposed to deter a North Korean attack? And so. It's one of those moments where we have it sort of reminded about the difference between preemption and prevention. So to, to go into school here for a few minutes, uh, preemption is uh, I think seen as a legitimate uh, right of self-defense. In fact, you could even think of it as anticipatory self-defense. So this is when you act uh, with evidence of um, an imminent attack coming. Uh, there are lots of different metaphors that are probably useful, but uh, I like to think of it. If you're in a bar fight, um, you don't have to actually have the the punch land on your chin. Uh, you could block the punch or punch first if you're really quick. You have really quick hands, and that would be an an act of uh, individual preemption. Uh, prevention is where the guy is sort of standing there glowering at you, and you just take a fir- you you. Sh- punch first. And, and As you can imagine, differentiating preemption from prevention in international relations can be rather complicated. Um, it's complicated at times because people deliberately obscure the differences and so President Bush in 2002 and his speech at West Point. Um, uh, articulated a doctrine of prevention and called it preemption where he says, we will not wait while dangers gather. That was actually from his State of the Union address. But again, arguing that it was uh, in the current era, uh, post 9-11 era, it was appropriate for the United States to initiate force and it would be and he wanted it to be treated like preemption in a a past life. Many people didn't take it that way. They they maintained the distinction between uh, preventive uses of force that is initiating conflict and um, and attacking uh, to uh, in the event of, you know, sort of at signs of imminent attack. Um, The other problem and you look through history is that even incidents that could be interpreted as uh, a retaliation for someone else who has initiated uh, hostilities against you, uh, these are often manufactured incidents um, and they can be in varying forms of manufactured incident. Perhaps one of the most notorious is in 1931, something called the Mukden incident where the Japanese used actually literally uh, Japanese uh, troops planted explosives uh, against a, a Japanese railway in... Uh, Manchuria in part of China and then used that as an incident to launch a war with China that ultimately resulted in them annexing Manchuria and of course that war expanded dramatically over the course of the 1930s other incidents are maybe not entirely manufactured but seized upon so we can think of the attack on the battleship Maine in the Havana Harbor, Harbor in Cuba which started the Spanish-American War uh, no evidence of course that the that the explosion was initiated by American servicemen. That's not the case. It was an accident. We learned that many years later. Um, but at the time, it was seized upon as an act of aggression by uh, Spain and used as a pretext for war. And there are many other examples like this. Um, and So we don't often appreciate these the details until long after the fact, which is why it seems to me it's really important. Um, in the relative calm before the storm to differentiate uh, between preemption and prevention and to keep these distinctions really clear in our minds because we recognize how easy it is for them to get confused in the heat of the moment. Trevor Burrus, Previous presidents have sort of wagged their finger at North Korea
0: and uh, spoken in harsh, tough terms toward the regime, but have they ever inspired a reaction like the one that China has given us here, which is essentially stepping away or at least offering to step step back from uh, defending North Korea or assisting North Korea?
1: Not to my knowledge. It's possible, but not to my knowledge. And I think that it is a unique um, situation we have here where the Chinese are sufficiently um, – concerned, we might even say alarmed, by the rhetoric on both sides, both the United States and the North Korean side, for them to spell out very clearly where they think their obligations to their ally begin and end, but also to communicate clearly to the United States a, a deterrent effect, Right, that they, they are wishing to deter a, uh, a preventive attack by the United States, that is for the United States to launch uh, an aggressive war against North Korea. They want to deter that. They spelled that out in the same message that they spelled out to the North Koreans well, where they would. Um, but that also um, gives them wiggle room uh, in the event that their ally um, foolishly, recklessly uh, initiates conflict. So um, yeah, I, I think this is an interesting at, – at least an interesting period in time. I can't say that it's unprecedented um, but it's uh, but it certainly – uh, significant that the Chinese have have gone out of their way to sort of spell out these
0: differences, and, and so I mean, we to take away from that is that China is very cognizant of this difference between uh, prevention and preemption.
1: I think so, and I think it also is consistent with a lot of other Chinese uh, foreign policies, which are very skeptical and and more than that about. Um, uh, Violations of sovereignty over recent years, the the attack on Libya, for example, where the the Chinese did not block a UN Security Council resolution to go to war against Libya in 2011. But I think after the fact have felt rather uh, chastened by that, burned by that, if you will. Uh, They would much prefer an international system where um, other countries are not sort of given license to um, attack uh, sovereign states; that they, of course, would use that uh, to their own benefit. Um, but uh, that's been their position pretty consistently: that they would rather see fewer, rather than more, uh, wars between sovereign states, at least in the short term. How does uh, China's uh, sp- sort of spelling
0: out its obligations and spelling out what it it feels might? Uh, be an appropriate set of circumstances for them to act or not act, how does that actually serve as a deterrent against the United States? Because I'm thinking if, if the, the primary takeaway from their message is to tell North Korea you're on your own if you take foolish action, that doesn't necessarily seem like a measure that would serve as a uh, deterrent for the United States.
1: Well, it- it should. So th- technically speaking, China's words should deter both North Korea and the United States. It should deter their ally, North Korea, from initiating force because they, if North Korea did initiate force and was seen as such, then they would not have China's backing and that would be disastrous for North Korea. It would be disastrous for North Korea even with China's backing, but it would be particularly Uh, uh, bad if they knew at the outset that China was not going to be behind them. So that should deter North Korea from initiating force. Also them affirming their commitment to defend North Korea if North Korea is the victim of aggression uh, should uh, uh, serve as a deterrent to the United States. Now it may not be sufficient because the United States may ultimately conclude, the Trump administration may ultimately conclude that the threat is, is grave enough. Uh, to warrant um, initiating force. but that's typically deterrence has uh, has worked um, uh, you know as a defensive mechanism to to um, threaten retaliation in the event that one country um, uh, initiates uh, uh, war against another. You mentioned Libya, and Libya
0: is always used by people who observe international relations. And the the takeaway from the Libyan experience from other countries is often believed to be, boy, I better not give up my nuclear program.
1: That's right. I mean, I think, and it's not just Libya. Of course, there were other countries that didn't have nuclear weapons and experienced regime change, like uh, Yugoslavia and Iraq. Um, and so, I think North Korea has actually said this quite explicitly. This is this is why we're not going to give our weapons. The danger, of course, is that they use that uh, shield uh, against regime change to then engage in all kinds of other bad behavior, which they are they have a long history of. Um, so that's a concern. I'll concede. I, I think that the point of this and, and if it's a little bit um, too um, jargony or a little bit too in the weeds for most listeners, I understand that. But when I see in the news people referring to the words preemption and prevention, I focus very carefully on whether or not they mean what I think they mean and what under international law. and sort of customary international law over many centuries differentiating between self-defense which is uh, preemption falls under or prevention which Bismarck famously said was like committing suicide for fear of death. Prevention is, base, is synonymous with aggression, is reckless, is um, generally frowned upon whereas preemption is a legitimate right of self-defense and I think always being clear about those distinctions is important. Yellow cake uranium <laughs> right. In Iraq. right
0: this was uh, just what Iraq was believed to be developing. Uh, North Korea is testing various uh, permutations of missiles and warheads, and the United States went into Iraq on what seems to be a
1: lot less mm-hmm. that's right um, it's there's no question that North Korea's nuclear program is much farther along than than Iraq's, uh ever was. Iraq never got this far along and of course we know that Iraq had given up its nuclear program. Uh we know that now. Um it was not immediately apparent uh when President Bush uttered those words, but um it's true that if um if the f- suspicion or the fear that a country was uh was developing a nuclear weapon was sufficient cause for going to war, then the knowledge that they have such weapons would seem to be as well. My argument is that even the suspicion was not uh, good enough and nor is the knowledge that they have these weapons. We did not after all initiate a conflict with the Soviet Union when they detonated their first nuclear device. or with China when they detonated their first device. And so those types of actions are preventive in nature. They are uh, not uh, a measure of self-defense and therefore we should look at them very um, – we should scrutinize them very carefully.
0: Chris Preble is vice president for defense and foreign policy studies at the Cato Institute and is author of The Power Problem. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.